we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the second day of February, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to see you today. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm not bad. I'm I'm bored. Does that sound right? I, I'm bored. It's it's amazing that we go from we go from news days that are just blockbuster and, and and things that should be mainline stories across the globe, and then you go from that to nothing in one day until they decide they're going to come up with something else. It's like you're going zero to 100 and then back to zero until they can figure out how to put more gas in the tank and then they're going to go back to 100 again. Yeah. That's what I feel like today. I mean, one of the top stories that I've seen in the headlines was Whoopi Goldberg says something about the Holocaust and there's a bunch of people up in arms about it. Whoopi Goldberg is, at this point, she's irrelevant, culturally speaking. Nobody really cares at this point. Your, your, Your high point is done. Like you're, you're, I mean, 20 years ago is when she was well known. I mean, everybody knows who she is now, more or less, just because of that. But I, I don't know. It's irrelevant. What she said was reprehensible in a sense, because technically she wasn't wrong. But at the same time, she was saying that the, the, the Holocaust and everything and that w- was not about race. That just shows her ignorance. It does. That, that's not, you know. Anyway, that, that was that was that was the the best headline you could find today. Really, but the one I found that tops was, that. The one I found tops. It's, it's, I, I'm not saying it's a, it's the best. I'm saying that's the the one that was at the top of the docket for a lot of the news sites that I was looking no, through. No, 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 no. See, this one this one actually was was at the top for quite some time for a good number of hours today. As a matter of fact, it was actually higher than the one you just mentioned. Listen to this. Tonight, law enforcement authorities continue to investigate an all-out brawl in Ben Salem, Bucks County. They call themselves America's number one buffet, the Golden Corral. But Friday night, it seemed like America's number one free-for-all. More than three dozen people were throwing fists and even throwing some chairs. Action News reporter Walter Perez is live outside the Golden Corral on the 1400 block of Street Road in Ben Salem. Walter, what is the latest on all of this? Tell us, Walter. Well, Jim, we just did a Zoom interview with someone involved in that fight. Now, there's always two sides to a story, sometimes three. But Alexis Rios did give us really good insight into exactly what happened. Action News spoke with one of the people at the center of this melee that erupted inside the Golden Corral in Ben Salem this past Friday afternoon. Alexis Rios says it started over a misunderstanding regarding a piece of steak. Rios says the person in front of him became angry with the cook because Rios received his steak first. Now, you see, Bruce, that right there took the top headlines today for a good number of hours. Now, if you think that we're just joking about... Uh, about headlines being a little slow today. Uh, We're not. We're certainly not. We do have some other things. This could be considered kind of satire, I guess. We do have some uh, some other things that are more serious, but uh, we thought we'd lead with that because that's what the mainstream media is talking about today. That right there. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. That 
is what the mainstream media wants you to see. They want you to see a fist fight at a Golden Corral buffet over a piece of steak. That's what they want you to see. Instead of the thousands of protests that are going on around the world right now, truckers in Canada, truckers in other countries, Australia, instead of all of that, they want you to see a brawl over who got their steak first. You know, at first I was kind of like, okay, somebody said something disrespectful or something, and it was just like a saloon brawl from back in the day. Okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. I don't don't really care. But it's over a steak and who got their first. Do you see how many people? Do you see how many people were mixing it up there? I did. This is what we've been reduced to. My question is, how can we ever recover at the communal level, at the local level? How can we recover and and form a base to establish a a civilized society when we behave like this? How can we do that? How how can we get past this type of behavior? And, and you know, we did I, it before. I'm, we did it before, yes, but moreover to the point, the mainstream media is talking about this like, uh, well, these people were fighting over a piece of steak. You dumbasses. It's more than that. It's more than that. You should be talking about the civility of our society, not a brawl like it's on Jerry Springer at 4.30. Well, I, I would point out the brawl and how stupid it is that you guys are fighting over a steak and who got theirs first. Now, I could understand if this was Venezuela. And that steak cost you like a million dollars. I can understand the the brawl and in, in that scenario. You're you're probably paying a year's wage just to buy that steak. Um, but we're not at that uh, we're not at the uh, that level yet. This is still America. Um, we're still mostly free. We should all be I, I don't know uh, getting together under the, the the basic tenets of you know the the Bill of Rights. You know the 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 first ten amendments of the constitution we should all be you know getting around those and and uh i don't know fighting together to try to ensure that those stay there and then the the little qualms that we have like ubi or uh you know welfare or those other things can happen after we get ourselves situated and secure those 10 rights just you know first 10 kind of if you can't agree on those kind of things then maybe you should be doing that what happened there but Might you know what, more, you know, eventful or, is or that, impactful is that kind of behavior, though? I mean, I, I'm, I'm asking the question, though, if we look at if we look at the this great reset stuff that's coming out of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, if we look at that, is that kind of behavior on the horizon, given the fact of what they want to do? They do want to cut red meat out of the human diet, right? They're saying, oh, a red, red meat, you'll eat much less meat, not red meat specifically. Maybe I should rephrase meat. And when they say they're going to get rid of meat, then that doesn't mean just meat. You have to read between the lines. They want to get rid of all animal products, period. Do you know what that means? That means no milk. That means no cheese. That means no butter. That means no eggs. No, 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 no. See, there's plenty of plant-based milks and plant-based cheeses and plant-based egg substitutes out there see see you, you can have all the things you enjoy it's just you know it's all plant-based right and also doesn't taste anything like the real thing nor does it have the same consistency and i'm not even nutrition. sure it's really healthy for you i mean, I mean it, when you look at the absorption rates of just the the, the proteins in general based on the, the the plant foods and then the the animal flesh surprise surprise animal flesh is actually more nutritious there's other nutrition uh, that you get from that that you can't get from plants. <laughs> Forget that. I mean, 
don't no mind the millions of years of evolution that the you know the the mammals have had um omnivores you know eating both meat and vegetables or 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 plants in general no 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 mind that we're we're just going to change it turn everything on its head and you know a couple of years that's not going to have any kind of re- repercussions in the long run at all no, of course not. It's not like you need animal protein to help you form uh, cognitive abilities at a very young age. It's not like you need that. No. No, 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 of course not. That line of thinking, though, that World Economic Forum young global leader line of thinking follows along the lines of what did, what did Klaus Schwab say? He says the most important thing is that we've penetrated the cabinets. We've penetrated the cabinets, right? I didn't even know there was such a title as this before before I saw this. There is such thing apparently where I am called an environmental economist. I've never even heard of that. An environmental economist. The hell kind of a job title is that? What What is that? ESG. ESG, working for the EPA, the BLM, not, not Black Lives Matter, Bureau of Land Management, something. Well, yeah, it, it, it's the E- in ESG, it's the environmental, environmental side yeah, of okay. yeah, okay, yeah. uh huh, right. Mm-hmm. Well, we are headed towards a green economy, so you need environmental economists, of course you do, when you're going to be looking at your carbon footprint in the future. That's what you need, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. and your, your your business is going to be graded upon how green they are. So yeah, you you've got to have those positions. Of course you do. A group of environmental economists in Germany are demanding that huge taxes be imposed on meat products in order to, guess what? Guess what? They want to fight climate change. They want beef prices to go up by 56% in order to fight climate change. Beef, and I can tell you this because I'm here right now, the beef here and, and meat products are still relatively inexpensive. I can still go to the butcher. I mean, they have actual butcher shops here. I can still go to the butcher shop and I can get, um, I personally, this is just my preference. I like flank steak because uh, it's very lean uh, and it's very healthy for you. It doesn't have a lot of fat on it, hardly any at all, if any at all. Um, So that's what I prefer. And it just so happens that flank steak is also the cheapest. Don't ask me why, but it is. I can get a 100% grass-fed domestic cut, local cut, flank steak here. Um, I want to say maybe, um, I'm going to go with a half a pound, so an eight ounce, right? An eight ounce cut. I can get an eight ounce cut here for about $3.50 to $4. That's pretty good, I have to say. So you said about half a pound? Yeah, about half a pound. Organic, grass-fed, not not the industrialized stuff. About $5 here. $5, okay. All right, that's not bad. Even, Even at current prices in the US, that's not bad. That's not bad for that. So you do the currency difference. Okay, that's about the same price, roughly. Yeah, a little bit cheaper here. Not much. Not much. Yeah. You could probably, as as you're saying, though, that's at a local uh, supermarket. You could probably go to like a local butcher and get it cheaper. Or for that matter, if you... No, I go are, to a local butcher. Um, right. No, I'm saying here. The, oh, the example oh, yeah. I gave for the, the American prices from a, a local chain. Right. If you would go to a local you. butcher here, I got you. you could get it cheaper, I'm sure. I got you. They say that... Uh, and a better lives- cut. And a better cut, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, 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 no. You're you're good. Uh, asserting that livestock is responsible for 13 percent of greenhouse gas emissions. Didn't we go over that at one point in time when we were talking about the Green New Deal? Is that actually the number, or they just they've they've concocted some nonsense, and that's that's what it's turned into. 13 percent. Put that in perspective, though. Livestock. 13 percent. Livestock is 13 percent. Livestock includes everything, including yeah. dairy, uh, chickens, everything. Hogs, 13%. Sheep, goats, everything. That that 13%. 
the rest of it is uh, vegetables, fruits. That's the rest. So 13% of the pollution that is, is, is that. So you're going to take what is currently producing the most pollution and expand it uh, for <laughs> per pound. Meat is more nutritious for you. Like it has more energy to it, if you will, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. The, the fruits and vegetables. Let me give you an example. If you were to eat a half a pound of vegetables, you're going to be hungry in 30 minutes. You eat half a pound of steak, you're, you're going to be full for the next like three hours. You're not going to want anything. That's that's the difference of of digestion process and all of that. I I I, I don't know. Just These from a crackpots, they're crackpots. That, that's all it, they are. It doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It does. Well, it makes sense if if you control the infrastructure of it. That makes sense. If you want to control people's lives, remember you control food, you control populations. That's what Henry Kissinger alluded to. Well, and and also um, for social engineering, you need a populace that is complicit and complies. Uh, red meat. As an example, is one of the catalysts. There's nutrition in there that's a catalyst for testosterone production, which mm-hmm. is counterproductive to you being a complicit individual. Um, you know, there's other foods: sweet potatoes, green beans, or not green beans, um, um, freaking raisins. I don't know why I got the two mm-hmm. mixed there, but mm-hmm. raisins. There's some other foods and so on and so forth I, that as a fact, helps I like, testosterone. I got production. nuts and raisins right here. You see them? Yeah, I got. I keep. I keep some yeah. on hand at yeah. all time. Yeah. yeah. All those help in testosterone Uh uh, production, and that's important for males, uh, especially as they get older, uh, because if your testosterone levels are too low, uh, congratulations, you are now um, a candidate of a plethora of health risks. Well, let's make sure that uh, we don't fall into that category, shall we? Bruce, uh, what I'm hearing from you is you want more soy in your diet, right? Because that's what they'll they'll replace it with. Is that right there? Hell no. Yeah. I... I, 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 (laughs) I get enough of it in my diet already. I'm uh, yeah. I'm tired of this stuff. Uh, asserting that, okay, so the uh, researchers from the Technical University of Berlin's uh, Chair of Sustainable Use of Natural Resources are demanding limitations on meat consumption in order to attain greenhouse gas neutrality. Again, like he just said, like the man here just said, the amount of greenhouse gas emissions, CO2 emissions put out by what you're wanting to expand would be, I, I want to say at least five times more. Five times more. Let, let, let's just look at this in perspective, shall we? Let's just take a step back. Of all the things that these that these individuals tell you about, as far as uh, creating your carbon footprint and everything else, you know, all the man-made climate change and your greenhouse gas emissions, human causes of this, human causes of that. Okay. All right. Let's just take all that and let's just set it aside for a minute. Let's look at the actual data. Animals. Let's look at livestock. Okay. Let's just assume for a minute that what they're saying here, that 13% of of greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock. All right, let's just do that. Let's just take that right there. What produces more CO2 emissions than all of livestock and all of human activity combined? And that includes all of our cars, all of our everything that we do in our homes and and everything else, everything that they sit there and they lecture to you from upon high about. All the, the hot showers and the hot baths you take, and which by the way, only about a billion people in the world actually have running water. If you were wondering, and that's not even hot water, that number decreases even more when you look at hot water. So all the times that they sit, that they sit there and they, they lecture you about your lavish lifestyle, your uh, your carbon footprint, your driving a car, your uh, eating meat, your on your phone, you're charging this, you're you're doing that, you're heating your homes, all that stuff. While these people live like pigs 
And don't tell me they haven't during the pandemic, because how many times have all these people from all these nations been caught being hypocritical of everything that they have preached to you about? All of the emissions that humans across this world combined, plus the livestock, plus the livestock, don't equal the biggest emitter of CO2 on this planet. And they just so conveniently leave this part out. And you might be saying, oh, well, that's volcanic activity. No, you can throw volcanic activity in there if you want to get technical about it. You can throw volcanic activity in there with the humans and the livestock, and it still doesn't equal as much as what I'm about to mention. And that is dying vegetation. That creates more CO2 emissions than everything else that I just mentioned combined. Combined. And they want to expand that? They, they want to increase that? Bill Gates wants to, wants to GMO everything that you eat and give you a plastic bread and, and, and insect butter and, and God only knows what 3D printed uh, plant steaks and everything else that tastes like a doormat covered in something from a Dow chemical factory? No. Sounds tasty. They can keep it. You know, to your to your point, um, that is actually why the uh, forests and jungle. You know, you know how they say the the jungles, like uh, the Amazon jungle and all of those. You know, when they, when we had those fires and whatnot going on, they were mm -hmm. yeah, basically saying this is the lungs of the world and blah blah blah. You know, and they were saying sinks, all that rhetoric. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So, did you know jungles are carbon neutral? They are not oxygen producers because, uh, because of what I mentioned. The, because of what you just mentioned not only is it the uh, growing plants they don't actually consume more co2 than they admit but also the dying plants they emit a ton of not 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 just them but also fungus and uh, as well um which i mean they feed off of decay anyway but um yeah they're they're only barely carbon neutral like it's it's within a few percents uh, either it, they, they might produce a little bit more, uh, or they, they produce, um, a little bit less, uh, CO2 and versus oxygen, you know, it, it varies. It's not, it's not a constant. So it, the, the real lungs of the world, if you will, is our oceans, ironically enough. So the more, you know, uh, the chair of the, uh, sustainable use of natural resources is also, uh, uh, saying that livestock farming is a huge contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, soil and water pollution, and precious forests are being cleared for pastures and food crops. And human housing. Uh-huh. And to use the lumber as, uh -huh. um, you know, the, the, the need for lumber increases. You know, it, <laughs> the, the, the kind of wars that go on down there, actually, in the, in the Amazon jungle, as an example, is actually pretty bloody. They, they, they actually go in and... Uh, basically genocide tribes to go after the trees and whatnot. All of those things are true. It is for farmland. It is for um, um, the wood. That That is all true. But the thing is, is we have other directions we can expand for those farms and whatnot. The The, the problem is, is um, we're not being efficient with what, with what we already have. Well, he goes on here to say that, uh, which is pretty much the solution across the board for uh, for every country. Uh, they want a tax to reduce consumption, is as if they think that that's actually going to do it. No, that's just going to cause the government to take in more money from people through the process of legalized extortion and to steal the money and to misuse it. That's all they're going to do. So anyway, I, I'm not going to I'm not even going to entertain the rest of that. Um, but keeping with that. I do want to talk about this. Then, and the reason I wanted to kind of go down the the, the farming route in the 
uh, the climate change stuff today, which kind of goes all goes along with it. I wanted to talk about that because of this. Uh, and this is something that kind of hits home for me and it, it hits home for Bruce as well. So uh, we're going to discuss this. The reason I picked this is because natively I come from Ohio and Amish country is not too far from where I grew up. And going to all of those little shops up there and going to, you know, going into Amish community and, and going into all those shops, buying their products. I mean, some of the best to this day, some of the best beef jerky I've ever had in my life came from a little cheese store just in the middle of Amish country in Ohio. And I still, I, I, to this day, I remember that store. I don't know if it's still there or not, but um, I, I would imagine that uh, if the Amish run their business the way I think they do, then uh, it's still there. But nonetheless, this is what these people do. They still live like we lived back in the colonial times, you know, it, like they're still back there. As in like lifestyle wise, culture wise, they're still there. They didn't leave that century. They're, they're still there. And so they still practice that through their old ways. They still run their businesses like that. They still have their communities like that. They still have their um, uh, their farms just like that. Uh, it's incredible to go through and to, uh, and to see that. When you go into the Amish community, it's, like, it's almost like stepping back in time in a way, but you still have some of the modern conveniences that you just drive right back to. Uh, it's incredible. You still see the horses and buggies kind of thing. Uh, it's still there. Uh, they have some of the best food, best restaurants I've ever been to. Uh, they have, because it's all organic stuff. You want to talk about organic farming yeah. in the traditional method. That's how those people do it. And it's and it's amazing, the products that they produce out of that. And it's not just that. It's everything else that they, that they produce that they sell in their shops. It's their handmade goods. It's their carpentry. They're master carpenters, the, the Amish. They are master carpenters. I know somebody that's got uh, an entire dinette set. Uh, an entire table and chairs and uh, end tables, full living room set, uh, an entire china cabinet that is handmade from Amish country out of red oak. And it is absolutely beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful to see the kind of craftsmanship that they have. Uh, I know people that live just outside of Amish country, very good friends of mine that have farms up there. And whenever they have problems with uh, structural problems or something with one of their barns, they call in the Amish and they come in and do it. Whenever they need a custom uh, bit of woodwork done inside that barn, they call the Amish. They hire them to come in and do it because they are just master craftsmen at it. It's just fantastic. I mean, you see the kind of culture and stuff that they, that they bring to the English, right? The English world, that's what they refer to us as. But this, this is what caught me. Biden's ATF. Did, did you hear what I just said? The ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. Which, quite frankly, along with the Department of Homeland Security, is one of the most useless organizations on the planet. The Bureau of Alcohol. Exist. It shouldn't exist. Absolutely not. I was listening to Ted Nugent talk about this one day. How did you come up with the ATF? If you're the government, how did you come up with the ATF? It was a bunch of guys sitting around in a room in government saying, OK, how can we screw the American people for time immemorial? Well, let's just uh, let's come up with uh, something that involves alcohol, tobacco and firearms. Let's just do that. And we can menace them for the rest of time. Shouldn't exist. If you're one of these people in these organizations, how in the hell do you look your family in the face at night? They raided an Amish dairy farmer. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms raided an Amish dairy farmer, seizing a firearm stash in a potential rogue gun retailer bust. An Amish person, an Amish dairy farmer. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm the the rogue. Firearm dealer. I, I, I have issue parsing that information under the Second Amendment that says you have the right to bear arms. I, I have difficulty parsing the fact that we have a rogue weapons dealer. Uh, Who's I'm kind Amish? of under the impression 
Yeah, who who is also Amish? Yeah, I'm 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 struggling to um, parse that information when when in the American people have the right to bear arms. Uh, you 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 have the right to uh, under the Constitution have any firearm you so desire under the Constitution. Which uh, ironically, because of the ATF, um, that that that's not true. You actually have to have a license for many guns and um, I mean even to carry uh, freely. To yeah. bear arms, you have to be licensed, and every that's not what the Constitution says. So the the fact that you even have to have a license to sell it is an abomination. Let alone going in and <laughs> raiding a, a a dairy farmer, an Amish dairy farmer. Do you not like go to your buddy and say, "Hey, uh, Hans, are we the bad guys?" Like, I mean, seriously, it, does it not dawn on you that you're the bad guy at this point? An Amish dairy farmer in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I've been up there, by the way. Nice place. Recently became the target of Biden's promised crackdown on rogue gun dealers. But the Amish man claims that he's nothing more than a gun collector and an occasional salesman. I know a lot of people that do that. I know a lot of people that are gun collectors and they occasionally they'll sell one. If somebody comes yeah. along, offers them the right price, they'll say, OK, sure, that, that's that's what they do. The, the thing is, is let's say he has a stash of a thousand guns and he, he sells guns occasionally or even not occasionally. What right does the government have to come in and take his guns from him and tell him you have no right to sell those guns? The government has absolutely no right to come in and do that. Two weeks ago, this is the this is the backstory on it. Two weeks ago, agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. You know, it just makes me sick to just even say that, that we even have such a thing. Stormed Reuben King Leacock's township property, seizing an untold number of firearms as part of an ongoing investigation into the farmer's alleged gun retail business. Uh, an Amish person, a man who doesn't have a phone, is a gun dealer is a rogue gun dealer, a, a man do, who doesn't do have electricity in his home. I, I'm sorry. Go on. Do, do you understand as the listener that this is OK? So they're going after someone with a stash of guns. I don't have a stash of guns. I mean, I only have a couple, you know, if I choose to go and sell one privately. I mean, it's not like they're trying to do some kind of like digital uh, currency that they can track. And then, you know, it, it, it just so happens that you sell the gun and the police come in and kick your door in. I mean, it's not like anything like that's going to happen ever. I mean, the government's never going to overreach and, you know, confiscate your guns or, or bar you from uh, selling uh, firearms that you own privately. I mean, it's, it's not like the government's ever going to do anything like that. I mean, come on, that, that's conspiracy theory. Oh, it gets better. It gets a lot better. Wait for this. ATF agents, I, I'm quoting, uh, this is the, um, uh, this is according to Lancaster Online. ATF agents, as part of an ongoing investigation, executed an enforcement operation at the Cattail Foundry and seized evidence on January 12th. ATF spokesman Robert uh, Cusinata announced on Monday, that was according to, again, Lancaster Online. Now listen to this. Pay attention. Pay, pay attention to this because what, what, what was it? He's a rogue gun dealer, right? He's a rogue gun dealer. That's what storming this man's home and his business and his farm was all about. He was a rogue gun dealer. Listen to this. So far, no arrests have been made and no charges have been filed in the case as the ATF stays quiet about the details. OK, um, first of all, for you to go in uh, to raid someone's home, 
you you have to have the proper warrants. Proper warrants have to have some kind of crime that was committed and evidence of that crime. You uh-huh. can't just go in and say, we're going to raid this dude's house. That, 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 that's not, that's how you get yourself shot for being a home invader. To be, I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating anything. I'm not like threatening anything. I, I'm just saying you, you go in and you try to rob someone's house. <laughs> that, that's, that's what happens. Uh, so I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I just, I, I have difficulty comprehending that this is happening in free America. And uh, what, 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 what's going to happen to these ATF? What, what's going to happen to these quote unquote law enforcement? Um, I'm sorry. You know what? What law again uh, does uh, does our country have that says you can't own a firearm? Oh, that's right. We don't have a law that says that because the Second Amendment, the Constitution, overrides everything. Any state, any federal government, any federal agency, anything in the United States that says you can't do this, but the Constitution says yes, you can. The Constitution overrules all of it. And the ATF coming in and and doing this, I don't know. I I I, I hope he fights and it. They didn't I arrest. Hope, and there's no gets, charges. Yeah. There, there's no charges yeah, being filed. That's the other thing. You, yeah, you can't. You can't. There's that, nothing you not, can do. That's not legal. No, of course it's not. Uh, of course it's not. Now he did admit, and you know what? Uh, given given the man's statement here. He seems like just a typical dairy farmer from the part of the country that I come from. This is the response you'd get from a typical dairy farmer who's just a a humble man who is tending to his livestock. He says that he is in he has indeed been selling guns without a license, but he insisted they were part of his personal collection and had nothing to do with the farm operation itself. For example, in I, I know that the, I know that this is Pennsylvania, but from Ohio, right? If you want to sell a gun to somebody privately, then you can do that. I don't know how it is in Pennsylvania. I don't know what they do. But I know in my home state, if you want to sell a gun, let's say, for example, Bruce, let's say I want to sell you a gun. Okay. Let's say I've got something in my collection and you say, Mm -hmm. we go out to the range Mm -hmm. for the afternoon. You say, hey, you know, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, How attached to it are you? You know, you want to part Mm -hmm. with it? Yeah, you're interested and, in selling? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interested in selling, whatever. And I say, you know, I yeah. never really thought about it. But yeah, sure, make me an offer on it. And you make me an offer I think is fair. After we get done at the range, you know what we do? Mm-hmm. We go right down to a transfer station, and that gun mm-hmm. gets transferred from me to you, and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And there's like a $10 yes. fee or whatever it is, and that's it. I don't oh, need a firearms even, license to do that. That's that's even overreaching my I agree as well. I agree. I mean, how how it happens here in this state is, um, hey, uh, you know, I'd like to buy that firearm. I give you a reasonable price. You say, yeah, I like it. So we go to the trunk of the car, transfer the stuff, goes into my possession, done. There's no signing. There's no... So if law enforcement ever shows up to your buddy's house and says, hey, where's, uh, you know, this gun? Um, I don't know. I sold it years ago. I don't, I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, but I mean, that's Oklahoma. I expect that kind of behavior in Oklahoma. I expect that kind of behavior in all 50 states, to be fair, because that's uh, yes. kind of what That's it the is. way it should be. Yeah, that's how it should be. But anyway, nonetheless, we're sitting here, we're talking about this. And, it, you know, it's it's funny because we when we have these conversations, sometimes we get lost in it because we're we're both gun lovers. We're, we're both supporters of, of the Second Amendment. We're responsible gun owners at that. Uh, and we encourage uh, responsible gun ownership for people. As we sit here and we have these conversations, we have to throw this disclaimer in there. If you have a firearm, spend some time on the range. If you're a gun owner already, spend some time on the range. Keep yourself in check. Keep yourself in line. Make sure that you you stay in practice and make sure that you clean and store it properly. 
Make sure that you know everything about that gun that there is to know. Be comfortable with it and be responsible with it. Keep it locked up, especially if you have children. Because quite frankly, we're sitting here and we're talking about this kind of thing. And some, as I said, sometimes we get lost. You should not, and I will reemphasize this over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face until the day that I'm no longer here. You should not be in possession of a firearm if you are not responsible enough on how to use it and how to keep it and how to store it. I, I uh, agree with the sentiment. At the same time, I believe that every person should have the right to defend themselves, whether or not you're well-educated on the gun or not. I, I still, I, I agree. I totally agree. We, you need to be fully educated on this, but obviously I, I don't think it should be like a, a law. Uh, actually, um, I, I, would, I would push back a, a little bit, just, just, just a little bit. Hear me uh -huh. out. Um, the proper storage, in my opinion, is to have um, a false wall um, or maybe like a headboard or a dresser or something with proper uh, storing so that you can keep the firearm loaded and easily accessible for you because you know where it's at. And obviously you, you don't have to worry about your child getting into it because there's mechanisms that you have to trigger to, to get into said false locations. Just in case a scenario comes down and you have someone that's a home intruder or something that um, you fear for your life, you have it accessible, readily available for use. Again, I agree with the sentiment. Um, I like those things, actually. I've seen a lot of those custom headboards that they have out there and a lot of those false walls uh, that people do. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, some of the stuff that uh, these companies and these people come up with uh, as far as like a coffee table or something where it's underneath, where it looks like it's just a false thing and then it drops out, you know, an AR will drop out of the bottom. Uh, it's quite interesting. But uh, again, I agree with you. It shouldn't have to be from a standpoint of, of law as in we require people to take a gun course. Uh, right now, I think they're in the process. I don't know if the state of Ohio has done this yet, but I know that some other states are doing it. I think even your state, um, if you, I think you guys actually already have this done, something called constitutional carry, meaning anybody over, I think it's the age of 21, that's when you can purchase a handgun legally. I think once you're over the age of 21, anybody can carry concealed. Now, I agree with that, but at the same time, I believe, again, in what I said, people should be properly trained in how to use that firearm. Does that mean that we should require by state law that people do that? No, no, because again, I think that falls to overreach. This is where personal responsibility comes into play. It is your responsibility to understand the kind of position that you're putting yourself in. When you are a person that carries a firearm, be it personally or professionally, your responsibility as a citizen, has just gone up tenfold. People around the world think that uh, Americans walk around carrying guns on their hips. No, it's not like that. They th people think it's like the wild, wild west. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, in the state it in is. In the but... cities. Okay, in the cities. All right, fine. Yeah, in the cities. It's a mess. I got it. But nonetheless, your responsibility no, goes I mean, up. No, not not even in the cities. I mean, in like local towns and whatnot, you'll You'll go through town and see someone with a gun on their oh, yeah, hip. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I actually dealt it's with that once. There was a, yeah, I actually dealt with that once. Somebody came to me and said, that man over there has a gun. And I said, yeah. Isn't he breaking the law? And I said, no. <laughs> Sorry, he's not. I mean, this is, it's, people have been domesticated. I mean, that's just what it is. But yeah. back to my point, if you carry a firearm legally, if you legally carry a firearm, your responsibility as a citizen has gone up tenfold because you're expected to be more of a responsible person by de-escalating a situation before it gets out of hand. Quite frankly, I think people should do that anyway. But the knowledge that you should possess when owning and carrying a firearm should be your absolute top priority. 
should be a top priority for you. So again, we encourage personal gun ownership, but um, abide by the local laws and wherever you are, because the last thing you want to do is is wind up in uh, in some legal trouble. Because once you go out and you spend, let's say, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars on on a custom handgun or, or whatever it is, and you get caught breaking the law, you're going to lose it. And you're not going to get it back. It's going to become a, a <laughs> not even just not even just breaking the law. If you legally defend yourself, you're never going to see that gun again anyway. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That is true. Anyway. OK, um, that was a long tangent. But when we get on to like gun talk, we just go and we go and we go. Some friends of ours that we sit down sometimes with from the UK that are not not like Marty and Ned, but uh, the, the ones we sit down and talk with that are not gun familiar. They say, boy, you guys talk about guns like we talk about toast. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's yeah. what we do. It's a it's a culture. It's, we were raised that way. We, we were raised that we were we were trained and, and, and familiarized through the culture of our families. That's how it is. That's how well, that's how it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it still is around around uh, uh, these parts, if you will. Uh -huh. um, but I would I would go a step further and say it's not just culture. I, I would say it's a matter of protecting yourself based on historical fact. Because if you look in the past, what has every dictator done before they uh, bear down on the populace? They take away their guns. Look at the present, my friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, every example that we have is past tense right now. Right. But let's look I at mean, Australia. But, to that point, to that point, let's look at Australia. Australia, and all yeah. of our Aussie listeners will know this. Australia, you guys gave up your guns back in the 90s under Clinton. Under the Clintons, when the Clintons were reigning supreme in the U.S., that's also when we started the deals to China, by the way. Now, now that you're in this predicament down there, and I, I, I fully support all of the people that are out there as part of those convoys that are lining up and headed to Canberra. We, we posted video today of Scott Morrison scurrying off like Justin Trudeau when he was confronted by a bunch of people that wanted freedom out in front of the Houses of Parliament. But would the Aussie government... Any of your, your state governments or, or anything like that from, say, for example, the Northern Territories, uh, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, any, any of these. And I know I missed a few, but would the governments in all these areas, would they be pushing the way they're pushing if you still had a well-armed populace? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I have to concur. If the populace was still armed, you would see the... I, I think you would still see like... Um, yeah, you'd still sure, I don't even know. You you still see I, actually I, I I don't know though at the same time because Aussies are a little bit more um, aggressive shall we say not really aggressive but you, you they're like they're a little different than Americans Americans are are just flaccid at well, this yeah, point but they, Americans, they're just yeah that that's true but Aussies are it's tough living down there I mean it's it, it's 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 hard living in some cases if you if you're out there like Marty was describing it just earlier this week when he was on sometimes you'll drive four or five hundred miles just to get to the next farm. You're out there on your own. I expect you to be armed if that's the case. You're out there all on your own. For example, if you get yourself in a, in a position where you're out there in the middle of nowhere, there's no one around to help you. The best chance you have is a satellite phone call because obviously you're not going to have any uh, any mobile phones are not going to work out there in the remote parts of uh, of Australia. So I expect I expect people to be armed out there like that. That's just common sense to me. Yeah. And it's not it's not just to protect you from other human beings, but no, also wildlife. wildlife. Yeah, absolutely. And they also have an overpopulation down there. I think it's rabbits. I, I think they have a rabbit problem out there because they somebody introduced them out there and they uh, they don't have a natural predator. I think I think that's was what it, it is. Wasn't it rats as well? Didn't they have a... Could be. 
Could be. I'm not sure. Something something like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Uh, anyway, okay. So that's uh, that's enough on our uh, uh, on our gun talk. Speaking of useless organizations within the government itself, Bruce, do you, do you feel like people have too many traffic accidents? Do you feel like it's the, the accidents that we have and the, the deaths that are caused by uh, by by traffic accidents every year are just too high? Do you ever feel like that? Yeah, but I think it's because of people's stupidity yeah. or, or not paying attention. Yeah. You know, I, I was always told that 90% of driving is done from the neck up. And once you figure that part out, you'll have a better understanding about driving. A lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. The Biden administration introduces a plan to lower the speed limit and expand bike lanes to try and reach zero traffic fatalities. That, that's that's akin to what we were just talking about with the, the meat. We're going to tax people to stop people from eating it. We're going to stop allowing people to drive fast to try and stop the traffic accidents. Ladies and gentlemen, freedom comes with risk. That's that's life. Life is not a zero-sum game. I, I don't know how they're going to lower the traffic, uh, the, the speed limits. Well, it's easy. Mayor because... Pete is the transportation secretary, and, uh-huh. and he's he's going to do it. Um, He told the Associated Press on Thursday that the administration is preparing to roll out a new safe system plan that's designed to decrease traffic fatalities nationwide. But again, okay, you roll that out. States determine their own speed limits. It's not a federal thing. Well, no, see, they're going to they're going to take the areas that they can get. Um, It'll it'll be the the federal interstate system. And then they'll They'll just probably move down from there. They'll lean on whatever the, state government they need to lean on. The the, the state-run federal interstate systems? Yes, th- those are the ones. Oh, the ones that your oh, okay. state taxes pay for. Yes, those. Okay. Okay. So, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> honestly, at this point, red states, I don't see them capitulating. Um, I, I don't I, see... I really don't. I, I don't see this going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I think this astute individual that we have in this office should be more concerned about how he's going to get all of those cargo ships into our ports as opposed to lowering the speed limit to, oh, I don't know, five miles an hour to stop traffic accidents. Do you know if a car hits you at 10 miles an hour, it, it can still kill you? Did you know that? It's unbelievable. It's like we're going to do we want to slow down the bullets of, of guns, of the, uh, the shootings in the cities? Do we want to try and do that? Put less gunpowder in them or something? Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, clearly that one is you just have to remove all the guns. You you can't allow right. people to have guns sure. in that one. Yeah. You know, yeah, cars, sure. though, that, that's kind of a necessity right now. So, you know, I, I, I you, you just lower the speed limits. No, um, no. See, they don't have to do that. that. Would, that would do it. No, I, I got a better idea. I have a better idea. Let's just give everybody a driverless car, an electric driverless car. You know, I actually... I was thinking of that. I was like, you know, you could go driverless, but the the problem is you're not going to you're not going to reach zero even in a driverless system. Even if you have it completely AI and the the AI is top notch, like this is the best of the best of the best that we can currently manufacture. Um, The problem is you still have human error. You're still going to have bikes on the road. You're still going to have pedestrians and you're still going to have people that are just utter douchebags that are going to hack into systems and cause accidents. So yeah, it, 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 it's still going to be a problem, even if you take the human, human element out of it. That said, would it severely reduce, uh, severely, I guess may not be the right word there. Would it reduce the, uh, the number of, uh, human error accidents? Oh yeah, for sure. 
um, it, it, it definitely would. However, we, we have uh, an individual saying um, it, it, the cyber pandemic that is coming is going to be worse than COVID-19. Yeah. If uh, everything is driverless. Something, something about that today. But yeah, go on. If everything is driverless and you have a cyber pandemic, software, hackers, kind of, it uh, doesn't really sound like it fits well together. Hmm. Cyber pandemic, and and we're just talking about we're, we're talking about traffic there. This this is interesting. It's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I'm sure this is just a coincidence. A German fuel supply firm was crippled today by a cyber attack. It's funny how that that just it happens like that. A major petrol distribution firm and oil supplier that feed a total of 26 companies in Germany with fuel have been paralyzed by a major cyber attack that is stoked fears of a fuel shortage crisis huh uh, out, out of curiosity um this this company where do they get their fuel out of curiosity do you does it that's talk about where it comes from no but that's a good question oil tanking uh GmbH, as they say here which is like our llc uh who supplies dutch royal shells 1955 gas stations in germany among others insisted that their terminals are all operating as normal but there's just that one little problem they say that 13 of their tank farms you know those big giant fuel storage tanks that you see everywhere they say that those can't really load any tankers right now because the system is entirely computer um, so yeah, uh, there's an, also another oil supplier that's been affected by that as well. Can I, can I real quick, just ask a question? Uh-huh. I understand you having, uh, everything digitized when it comes to onloading and offloading crude oil or even gas or whatever. I understand mm-hmm. that. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. My question is, why is that system connected to the internet? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Well, I'm sure that they have the same reason to connect that to the internet as we did for the uh, the colonial pipeline in the U.S. If you remember that, that was hit yeah, by cyber I... cyber uh, criminals, wasn't it? That was hacked in by yeah, uh, by it... cyber cyber criminals. Yeah. 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 And the same with our election systems being all online. Oh wait, am I not supposed to mention that? Baseless allegations is all that is. That's all I hear. Baseless allegations. Okay, uh, that's really all I had. Uh, I'm glad we actually didn't go down the the COVID road today, man. I'm just I'm so tired of it. I'm I'm, I'm quite quite frankly I'm just I'm done with that whole COVID thing. I, I've had enough of it. We've had two solid years of that, man. I'm just sick of it. We're ready to move on because there's something else coming down the pipe. Uh, we're going to be discussing that with Ned and with Marty this week because we have uncovered exactly what COVID is all about. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that in the come days, and it is going to blow your mind. I'm still having trouble no thanks to bruce i'm still having trouble trying to wrap my head around what has been discovered here so again we're going to discuss it uh, later on this week bruce you got anything else uh, you know one of the things that everything we've talked about today one of the things that just keeps coming up in my mind government's bad okay that's it just government's bad okay yeah that's it that's i mean it, right. it, it's it, i mean we, we we made the case i, I just did, had to yeah. reiterate several Cases, actually, several cases. It's like it's like we we just spent our entire time today talking about the overbloated bureaucracy and how it all needs to be flushed. If if anything, what we discussed today is exactly why all of this needs to be tossed out and all of these people need to be tossed out. Anyway, okay. For those of you who'd like to drop us a comment, uh, drop us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at prosonmail.com. I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.